0: Welcome to From Betrayal to Breakthrough. I'm Dr. Debbie Silber, and today's guest is Holly Bertone. Holly, C-N-H-P, PMP, is a number one Amazon bestselling author of the book, Thriving in the Workplace with Autoimmune Disease, Know Your Rights, Resolve Conflict and Reduce Stress. She's a highly sought after speaker and wellness expert. After spending 20 years as a project manager in both government and industry, she is now the president and CEO of Pink Fortitude and runs the health and wellness website, pinkfortitude.com. Holly is a breast cancer and Hashimoto's survivor and turned these two significant health challenges into a passion to help others. She inspires others with her quick wit, brutal honesty, and simple ways to be healthy in real life. And today's guest is Holly. If you're struggling with a betrayal in a workplace, you're going to get a lot out of this episode. Holly is going to share some insightful nuggets about paid leave, who to speak with for answers, and so much more. Here she is. Okay. You are in for a treat today because I have Holly Bertone with us. And so often when we talk about betrayal, we're talking about family betrayal or partner or friend betrayal. Today, we're going to be focusing in on workplace betrayal because it is so common. And I just don't think we've given it enough attention. So Holly is absolutely going to share her insights, her wisdom,
1: and her stories sharing all about workplace betrayal. So welcome, Holly. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm just, I'm so excited to share this topic because I know how crushed I felt because of it. And I'm just, you know, I'm just excited to be able to connect with your listeners and to share my story and, you know, to really share that journey of, of hope and inspiration.
0: Oh, wonderful. Well,
1: let's just start with your
0: story. Let's go for it.
1: Sure. So um, I was, my journey starts on my 39th birthday when I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And um, before then, just to kind of give you uh, perspective and especially perspective of my personal and my workplace accomplishments and not trying to brag, but just to say this is kind of where I was um, to Mm -hmm. to kind of set a a frame of reference was that I was very career driven, uh, climbing the corporate ladder, both uh, corporately and then also uh, we live in the Washington, D.C. area, so I was also you know, had worked uh, for a federal agency. So I always one of those people that I never interviewed for a job. I always just worked hard, you know, was very driven and got noticed and was asked, Hey, you know, we have this opportunity. Do you want to take a look at it? So that was kind of my background in terms of, of working. And then personally as well, just always very healthy, very driven. I raced Xterra and triathlons and, you know, just that super healthy, driven type A Mm -hmm. (laughs) person, right? And then on my 39th birthday, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Uh, Two days later, my boyfriend, then boyfriend proposed. So it was, you have breast cancer and will you marry me? Mm -hmm. And about the same time, and this was just a few months before, I had accepted one of the highest levels of of, uh, positions in the government before you can get to SES. There's a a one to 15 scale. What's SES is a selective, um, executive service. Okay. So basically it's, um, it's a one to 15 scale and I was offered a, a 15, which is the highest that you can go to run the office. And okay. And Holly, I'm, like, I'm just going
0: to stop you because oh, you're sure. so brilliant. I can just tell, but we don't know. Well, I don't know what one to 15 is and right, maybe I'm right. the only so person, like, but um,
1: like an employment uh, scale of okay. um, the, uh, like a tier of the employee levels. Right. Okay. So 15 is as high as you can go. So Got it. they had asked me to come in as a 15 and uh, run the office at the federal agency. So that's, um, you know, so I mean, literally the highest that you can go before you get to, into the executive levels. And so then cancer happened mm. and I made this huge decision to take a step down because I did not think that I could handle cancer and a high-stressed management position and a new family. My um, soon-to-be husband also has a son. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's kind of an, an instant family. So everything was happening at the same time. My management at the time was so supportive. They mm-hmm. supported me throughout cancer. They supported me when I made the decision that I didn't want to be in management anymore. They supported everything. And it was, it, it was so heartwarming to be... you know, to be in a workplace and to have that support.
0: And before we get to the next part of the story, though, I want I'd love to know, how did you handle just even that diagnosis and the proposal? You know, what was going through your head at that time?
1: It was oh, my goodness. It was such a whirlwind. I don't even I don't even know. I mean, I literally just got through every day. Mm -hmm. It was it was, um, you know, and at some point, I think it was about a month or so after my diagnosis, I I just felt this peace that breast cancer was my gift Mm -hmm. and that this whole life transition was my new gift in life. And, you know, I think it was kind of a wake up call. I was talking about being that, you know, type A, just very driven. And it was really a wake up call to just take that step back and to focus on my new priorities in life. I mean, I was still working, still in a very important position, but I took a step back. And then also to focus on my new family as well. So I I think a lot of it was just a shifting of priorities And
0: do you know what, it is so common what you said and what I see where the most driven women all of a sudden will get some disease and it's as if, and maybe this is all the universe doing the work where it's, you're not taking a break and you're not taking the time you need and I'm going to make, make it that you must stop. Exactly. Right. And you, you will get that break and I'm going to make it that now you can't work and do whatever. Okay. Go ahead.
1: Uh So, and it was, you know, and you know, my husband, my new stepson, I mean, they they were so loving and so supportive throughout the whole thing. I mean, it's like, you know, you're supposed to be starting as newlyweds and, you know, sexy time and all mm-hmm. of that fun stuff, right? And it was chemo and, <laughs> you know, surgery and all the not so fun stuff and <clears throat> trying to be a sexy fiance, trying to hold down a full-time job. So yeah, it was, it was that uh, kind of the universe forcing me to take that mm-hmm. step back and say, okay, we've got some new priorities for you, girlfriend. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Great. So, and then, and I wanted to, to also talk about, you know, my husband's support, because that's going to kind of come into to context a little bit later. Uh, but one year later, and this was in 2010, one year later, I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. I wasn't recovering from cancer. My doctors kept saying with chemo and everything that it's going to take a while for my body to recover. And I kept saying, no, something's wrong so I kept pushing for answers and was finally diagnosed with Hashimoto's which is an autoimmune disease. Mm-hmm. And honestly after cancer I mean Hashimoto's to get that is, you know, is not a not a fun experience, right? No one wants Hashimoto's. It's um I've had it your,
0: it's exhausting.
1: Oh yeah, your thyroid mm-hmm. just, you know, all that stops working mm-hmm. and you just all mm-hmm. you want to do is take a nap. Yep. And um but after cancer I was like, okay, yeah, whatever. I have this diagnosis. Give me my pill. Let's move on, right? Mm-hmm. Cuz you know, after cancer, it just kind of puts everything in perspective. And what I didn't realize was that an autoimmune disease is, as they say, the gift that keeps on giving. I mean, (laughs) you know, cancer kicked my butt temporarily. Autoimmune disease was a bigger, a much bigger, longer journey of kicking my butt, so Mm -hmm. to say. Um, But it took a while. So I was able to you know, really manage the symptoms. I started eating a lot healthier, cleaner, removing toxins, just really focusing on that kind of holistic approach to healing a little more, the alternative approach to healing. And, um, you know, it was really kind of bettering the trajectory of, of my health. Mm -hmm. And I was, you know, pretty excited at seeing the results. And then in 2017, and, and I had my management up until this point had, you know, had been supportive as well in, in, in the workplace. Mm -hmm. In 2017, um, both kind of happened simultaneously is that I, we had a change in management at my, at my job. Um, and then also I had a health crisis and it was, um, it was a really, I mean, it was a health crisis of epic proportion. I I learned later on my organs were starting to shut down. Mm -hmm. So, which I didn't realize at the time, I just thought I was, you know, really just, the the fatigue was so extreme. I mean, I could barely get out of bed. Mm -hmm. And the new management team that came in was basically four women. So my immediate supervisor, my manager, her manager, and then the executive manager were all women. It was mm-hmm. a fairly new management team that, that came in. And interestingly enough, um, they were all really close friends. Okay. So you, you know, I think you have this dynamic that, you know, I, I always thought women were supposed to support each other. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I expected. And so, you know, I'm explaining to them about my autoimmune disease. I'm going to the, um, the EEO office and getting all the medical paperwork completed. Mm-hmm. Um, the federal government, any employer actually over that has more than 50 employees, uh, you're entitled to what's called the family and medical leave act, which, um, gives you 480 hours of leave per year. Okay. That that you are entitled to take. So I made sure that all the paperwork was filled out. I went to my doctor, got all the medical forms, everything like that. Just you know, during this health crisis, to make sure that I could go to the doctor. Um, They wanted me on IV treatments and Mm. you know different things like that. And I was also you know there were days that I would come into work and have to go home because I was so tired or days that I just couldn't get out of bed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was really, so I really, you know, my work performance started to struggle, started to uh, falter. You know, I really started to struggle at work. I was having uh, cognition issues and, you know, so it was just kind of the perfect storm. Right. And my, so everything was filled out and I tried to explain to them what was going on, you know, and again, I'm, I'm legally protected, but you Mm. also, you know, I felt like I should be explaining to them what's going on. And the responses that I got was that I should drink more coffee. The one was like, well, I have three kids at home and I'm tired all the time too. just drink more coffee. Wow. Yeah. One, um, actually the nurse that I spoke with said, well, I have Hashimoto's and I just take a pill and I'm fine. You know? So, and then it was, you know, oh, you're tired, you're lazy, you're faking it. And wow. Yeah, it was, um, it was, I was expecting support Mm -hmm. and especially, you know, I'm legally covered and I have all of my documentation. So I was expecting their support and instead I got the complete opposite.
0: So it's, so here's the betrayal right here. I guess you were expecting, you know, these people that you counted on, you trusted, you're working with, that they would understand to be supportive and and they're, they're not at all. Cause they're just looking at it like now who's going to do the work that you, you're not doing.
1: Exactly. Okay. And, and that's mm-hmm. the thing was I was still holding my own. I mean, it was, I was barely holding my own, but I was still holding my own. I mean, they did not have to outsource any of my work to anyone else. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I was, I was barely hanging on, but I was still mm-hmm. getting my work done. Right, And, you know, I think part of it too was the, you know, like I said, I just, I felt as women were supposed to support each other in the workplace And I was trying to figure out why that support wasn't there. And the fact that, you know, I had taken that step down, you know, it wasn't like I was in a position where, you know, I was trying to climb the corporate ladder and trying to take one of their jobs. So, you know, so that's out of the window. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, I could see, okay, I get it. You know, if I'm super aggressive at work and they might be, they might feel intimidated that I'm trying to take one of their jobs or something like that, but that's just not the case. And especially in, you know, in the government, it just doesn't work like that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and especially because I had taken that step back that, you know, I wasn't on that management career track anymore, that that was completely off the table. So yeah, it was really hard to figure out why, I was, you know, not just getting bullied in the workplace by my managers, but, you know, to have that level of betrayal, like you're supposed to be in a management position. You're supposed to be supporting me. I have legal documentation that's telling me that you're supposed to be doing this. Mm -hmm. So what'd you do? Well, um, (laughs) so it was a lot of self-reflection and it was a lot of difficult conversations with my husband, because I had tried to look for another position. Mm-hmm. I had tried to talk to EEO. Their conversation- e- What's
0: EEO? You mentioned it before. It's, I just want to make the,
1: sure. It's uh, Equal Employment Opportunity Office. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. They're the ones that make sure that everyone's legally protected when it comes to any kind of uh, discrimination. Okay. Yeah, whether it's age, race, gender, religion, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. And um, autoimmune disease actually is considered a legal disability in the United States. In 2009, the Americans with Disabilities Act was amended to include the immune and the endocrine system. Mm. So, you know, if, if, if anyone ever doubted it, autoimmune disease is not legally covered it actually is a legal disability in the United States Oh, that's so interesting and
0: and here I have arthritis and I've had Hashimoto's but I'm my own boss so there right. you go <laughs> so, um so okay so a lot of reflection and right. and what'd you come up with I mean what would you make it? a lot of tears mm-hmm.
1: right because it was you know I'm I'm first of all I feel like my body's betraying me mm-hmm. you know so let's just start there because I had been doing better on my health journey and then all of a sudden this health crisis hits. So, and I mean, and you know, I mean, stress to autoimmune to any, Mm -hmm. anything is like gasoline on the fire. Right. So, you know, so you have the stress that's making it worse. You know, I'm, I'm feeling like my body's betraying me Mm -hmm. and then I go into work, you know, I can barely make it in. And then I go Mm -hmm. into work and feel like my managers are betraying me. So, you know, I think the first thing that I did obviously was, was have that support from my husband. But at the same time, we're having conversations like, should I try to find a different job in the agency or should I just resign altogether? Mm -hmm. And, you know, at that point, you know, my company Pink Fortitude was just a side hustle. I mean, we weren't, you know, I wasn't really making money. It was more of a hobby and we weren't ready to give up. We live in the DC metro area. I mean, it's expensive to live here. So we weren't ready to give up a six-figure salary to go to zero, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So as supportive as my husband was coming home from work in that non-supportive environment, you know, I still had to have those difficult conversations, right? you know? So I think the biggest thing for me was to find those neutral parties who were supportive, and fortunately, you know, I was talking about the the women managers, the female managers, you know, and being betrayed by them. But fortunately, my colleagues at work were very supportive, and I found that I was able to kind of lean on them and and you know talk to them in a very safe environment.
0: And I was going to ask you, you know, because I'm sure so many people listening. Have experienced workplace betrayal, where they were counting on something from their, uh, from a coworker or an employer, and then that didn't happen, or they, whatever the expectation was that wasn't met. What do you suggest someone do when they're in that situation? Because I imagine also they may feel, well, I, I, this is, you know. I have this security and I don't want to leave this job or, um, you know, what, what do they do with that? How do you make sense and make peace out of your situation? How do you know when it's really time to go or, or what's the next best step?
1: It was, um, it's obviously a very personal decision and obviously a very difficult decision, you know, and especially because that decision's tied to your paycheck. I mean, you don't make money, you don't put food on the table, you don't eat and pay your rent or or mortgage or whatever. So, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, for me, I think the straw that broke the camel's back was um the, the FMLA that I talked about, the leave that I had was 480 hours of leave so that I could go to my doctor's appointments, that I could get my IV treatment, that I could, you know, really try to be healthy and to have that opportunity to stay home if I needed to rest. And they actually rescinded it, which is extremely illegal. Mm-hmm. And so I went to the EEO office to so, talk wait,
0: about. Uh, so let's just, so I just want to back up here. Right. So you're saying you were applying for these hours or you rightfully were supposed to be getting these hours and they said, no, they you had can't already take them been
1: approved. The hours had already been approved.
0: And they said, no, you can't take these. Exactly. Yes. Ah, oh, okay. So yeah, they actually rescinded it. Wow. All right. Yeah. And then what'd you do?
1: So I went to the EEO office, um, you know, at, at headquarters and, you know, talked to the individuals there about what to do because I was lost and I looked online. There's not a lot of resources out there. So, you know, I tried to I tried to find what I could and it's like navigating a sea without a map, you know? I mean, you're just like in this ocean in the middle of the ocean and you're like, okay, I can't even see land at this point, right?
0: And you're not feeling well, so you're exhausted. And this is like the last thing you want to be dealing with when you don't feel well. So, exactly. Yeah, okay, so then what happened?
1: So once I found, and they, they actually said, um, interestingly enough, that they... What was the phrase they used? That the agency prided itself on being able to deflect these kinds of lawsuits or anything like that because they say, oh, well, the manager's not being discriminatory by taking away your FMLA. They're just being a jerk. And they said, we use what's called the jerk defense. So I realized that going down kind of the EEO and the legal route was not going to be a good idea to keep my job, I realized that looking for a new job was not producing any fruit whatsoever. So that was when, you know, I made the decision to resign. And I think the biggest thing that helped me was that when I wrote the book, because it was the Thriving in the Workplace with Autoimmune Disease, because I said, you know, there's no resources out there for individuals with autoimmune disease in the workplace, to talk about your rights, your responsibilities, like what you know, what you are allowed to do, what your employer should be giving you, and um, so that was kind of the cathartic end. Mm. to the journey um when I resigned was to be able to to write the book to help other people
0: and and I you know this will be so relevant to really anybody listening because here's where there's this, this hard stop and the hard stop could be the just the discovery of your betrayal or the realization that whoever betrayed you family member partner friend coworker anybody where there's just no There's no going back and there's no making sense of it anymore. So you may as well make meaning and take those next steps. And and I talk pretty often about the idea of death and rebirth. And it's not as morbid as it sounds. It really is the complete ending of the old. And Mm -hmm. it's only in that space, are you allowed to, are you able to birth something new? And it sounds like you had to deal with these people who absolutely didn't get it. They didn't understand. They betrayed you, your expectations. And because of that, you said, okay, you know what? I, I may have stuck with this for whatever reason, but now here's my opportunity to end it and start something completely new and different so that there's the rebirth right there. So
1: what happened? So, you know, and you're absolutely right. It, 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 when I was going through this journey, you know, I mean, I think a lot of us look to our managers as our champions. I mean, we want them to be our champions, you know, they're in a leadership position and we look to them, you know, for that, for that role to be our champions, to, you know, help us out to, you know, obviously there are managers, but, you know, there's that, that level of expectation, I think that a lot of us kind of come into the, to the workplace with. And I really had to just kind of take that step back and say, okay, they're not my champions. And, you know, I kind of jokingly called them the mean girls. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But um, you know, it was, it, I really had to separate it out and say, you know, it's, it's not me, it's them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is obviously something that, you know, their agenda, their issue, whatever. And to to really, I guess, kind of divorce myself mm-hmm. from that connection and say, I need to stand on my own two feet in this, during this process. And I need to be my own advocate and I need to figure things out, you know, myself. Mm-hmm.
0: And so then, so you resigned now was this the time that you started your own business or you took it to the next level?
1: So Pink Fortitude had already been established, but again, it Mm -hmm. was just kind of more of a side hustle and and a hobby. So yeah, I literally had to, first I had to recover. It took Mm a few months just to be able to get off the couch and uh, to get out of bed. But after that, um, yeah, I, I wrote the book and just really started to you know, launch Pink Fortitude into the into the next phase of of uh, where it is today.
0: And and what's so interesting is, and I've worked with so many people who, of course, when you're going through it, you don't realize it, but they're they're grateful for their messy divorce because now they met their soulmate, or they're grateful they lost their job because now they're doing the work they love, or they're even grateful they got that disease because now they have a a, a love and appreciation for life they never would have had had that not happened. So it, it sounds like in your case this was, you know, if you didn't go through the betrayal with, with your, you know, those four women, you wouldn't have healed. You'd taken the time to heal that you, that you needed to, and then create the business that, that you wanted. What do you want to make sure everybody knows before we wrap up?
1: You know, I think a, a lot of people talk about self-care, but I like to add gratitude as the big overarching umbrella and, you know, you really just hit on that in that, you know, looking at this, I wouldn't, I wouldn't wish my journey on anyone. I mean, it's, it's been a painful few years and it's been a painful journey with everything I've had to go through. I would not wish it on anyone, but I'm so grateful that I've been able to go through it. And, you know, I think that, that the gratitude and just waking up every day and, you know, I'm glad to be alive. I'm, I'm grateful. I have a, a top 10 that I do every single day. The second I wake up, you know, is my top ten of the things that I'm grateful for, and you know, even on those the, the the harder health days and the days that I was you know feeling the worst, it really helped to put things into perspective to say, you know what, life is worth living, life is good. There, there's the good out there. It's just you have to find it sometimes.
0: Beautiful, and it's so consistent with what I see and hear every day, that it is the ones who go through something are the most grateful. And it's it gives because it's those challenges that really give us that perspective. You know, how do we know happy unless we know sad? How do we know bliss unless we know darkness? You know, and it sounds like that's where you that's where you came from. So Holly, how do we learn more about you? Where do we go?
1: Oh sure. So uh pinkfortitude.com And actually, if you hit the backslash and the word thanks, so pinkfortitude.com slash thank, I have uh, lots of free eBooks and downloads and lots of fun things for everyone.
0: Terrific. I want to thank you so much. Just uh, you shed lots of light on workplace betrayal and I'm sure it helped lots of people. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you so much. As if struggling to heal from an illness isn't hard enough, having unsupportive people around you only makes healing more difficult. Stay in touch with Holly by going to pinkfortitude.com, and we'll have all of Holly's information in the show notes at pbtinstitute.com forward slash podcast. Here's my biggest takeaway. The people we surround ourselves with have so much to do with our health and wellness or illness and disease studies have even shown how support from others helps us heal more quickly so be careful with who you spend your time with how do you know if they're good or bad for you check how you feel when you're around them do you feel drained depleted and uninspired or do you feel energized happy and better for having spent time in that way If you need to be around unsupportive and negative people, at the very least, make sure you're not believing their harsh criticism or taking their negativity personally personally. These negative people can absolutely impact your health. Want to see what your betrayal from that person in your life has left in its wake? Take the post-betrayal syndrome quiz at pbtinstitute.com forward slash quiz, and let us support you. Go to Facebook and join our group, Women Hacking Betrayal, where we give information, tools, and support to help you move forward and heal once and for all. Can't wait to be with you next time. And here's to your breakthrough.